So we uh, started a new series last week called Rewire. We learned that our adaptive sub- subconscious is designed by God to be doing the most of the thinking for us. And 95% of our thinking is going on without you realizing it. And I don't know about this, I don't know about you, but I've sinned. Everyone point at somebody that sinned. I'm just kidding. Don't do it. Don't do it. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Sin has misshapen our normal, right? It's distorted our programming. And so we've got, we're, we're renewing our mind, but we've got this base programming. And if you ever wonder, like, and we, this was the question last week, you ever, ever just go like, oh, why did I say that for? Why did I do that again? Why did I, right? It's because your base program. So here's the other thing about the adaptive subconscious. It's built to not change. How many every time you, is, does anyone know how to ride a bike? Anybody? Okay, a few of you. So let's say you haven't ridden a bike in like six months. What would happen if I gave you a bike right now? How many think you could ride that bike? You're pretty confident. That's the adaptive subconscious. That's, that's what's working in the background. And its job is to not change. Its job is to not relearn stuff. So you're fighting against that. Now, when we have godly programming in our minds, it's wonderful. You just, you automatically give. You automatically serve. You automatically love. You automatically forgive. Because that's what's, that's what's running in the background. But a lot of us, like all of us, have some thinking back in there that we're not even aware of. And so I, I challenged you guys last time. Uh, your homework for this week was uh, get yourself a journal, a piece of paper, or something that you can write on, a you know, note app on your phone. And if you have any of those moments during the week where you're like, oh, come on, what did I do? Like, stop and think, what was I just thinking about? What was going through my mind? What was being stirred up in my mind at that moment? And uh, someone this morning said, yeah, you didn't tell us to get a big enough notebook. <laughs> They're like, and I agree. They're like, that stuff is going on all the time. Once you start hearing it, you don't notice it. It's just going on in the back of your mind. And that's, that's all being just shouted out at us every day, but it's under the radar. We don't even know it. And I do have to do this. I have to, I ha, I've, it's been brought to my attention that I unfairly char- mischaracterized iPhone users. So you have my sincere apology. I made some, some in the moment offhand joke about the character and, and tenacity of iPhone users because I'm Android and it just, that was just unsolicited and that should not have, that should not have happened. A lot of people told me that you should apologize because iPhone users can't handle that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's our Android phones that aren't working. Yes, it's, that's correct. That's correct. That's correct. So let's get to our verse. Uh, so this is our text verse that we, we showed you last week. And uh, we're, we're really content heavy. Some, some series were really scripture heavy. heavy. This, this series is pretty content heavy. Uh, quotes from other people and whatever. Um, and uh, I just said to someone the other day, I was just saying, man, I have so much stuff. And they're like, I just take pictures of all those slides and got in their little note app. And I just love seeing that. Um, so it's in Romans 12. And you guys know this verse. Don't, do not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of, our, of your mind. You've got to take that and renew it, rewire it, trans, transform your thinking so you can transform your being. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You guys know who these guys are? 
or someone similar to them. Why are we so attracted to that kind of stuff? This is Chip and Joanna, you know, they had the Fixer Upper show or whatever. Uh, Marnie and I, when we were first married, got married in 99, we watched a British show. I think it was called like Trading Spaces or something like that. And it had that skinny British guy on it. That was kind of fun. And, and we remodeled our house. You know, if you don't know, we built our own house. And so we, you know, I did construction for a while. And so people are attracted to the remodeling. They want to they see what is this going to become. They love the, what, what if you watched the show and you watched it like two thirds of the way through and, and then they're like, all right, we're going to go to the next house. And you never got to see the reveal. You never got to see the finished product. Wouldn't it like, that would cause anxiety, would it not? You're like, I want to know what it's going to look like. And I tell you what, all of heaven and the world around us wants to know what it's going to look like when Jesus transforms your life. Come on. Anybody with me today? Because we're, we're two-thirds of the way through the show. Come on. Come on. Don't give up. God's done a work, right? We tore down some walls. Hallelujah. Like, you know, we did a series a little while back, and we were, we were getting rid of pride, right? Man, we're kicking down walls, right? We did, you know, we're, we're, we're doing the stuff. But, but don't get stuck here, right? Man, there's a big final reveal coming up. And the final, final reveal will be at the end of the age when Jesus comes back, and we get brand new bodies. But there's a transformation that's happening right now. How do, how do you know that, Pastor? Because we just read the verse. You're being transformed. Say transformed. Transformed. You're being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so we're going back to this verse again. Look at this. The first part of that verse, so we were all excited about being transformed by renewing our mind. We're we're becoming something different, right? But we're undoing something different. We're undoing the pattern of this world. So when I had had the the God seed for this series, I called a, a good pastor friend of mine who's way smarter and, and way more, yeah, he's just amazing. He's just, a, he's a mentor of mine. I said, dude, let, let me run this by you. I said, I'm talking Romans 12. And he's like, oh yeah, we love that. We talk about that all the time. And we're transformed by how we think. Yep. And letting the word of God, you know, renew our minds. And I said, it's really easy to see all that kind of stuff. I said, here's my thought for this series. And I don't know, I don't know where this will go. <laughs> I love announcing before we've actually gotten to the good stuff, but in faith, and so I said, let me throw this at you. I said, it's, it's easy to see the, the pattern of the world where it talks about in Scripture about don't be lustful, right? Don't be jealous. You know, flee from sexual immorality. Don't, don't, don't think of others. Don't think of yourself as, as higher than others. You know, like those are the easy kind of the big blatant sin things. Don't be greedy, right? Don't be uh, self-righteous. Don't be prideful. Like we can see that pattern and we're like, yeah, that's easy. That's, that's the world's pattern. That's the devil's pattern. I said, what about, so I'm talking to my pastor friend, I said, what about all these patterns that are like insidious? They kind of, they're like the ninja pattern. They just kind of fly under the radar, but it's clearly the pattern of the world. It's not a God thing. It's not a Bible thing. It's not a Christian thing. It's not a, a righteous way of thinking, but you might not identify it immediately. He's like, I'm like, give me some thoughts on that. He's like, whoa, that's a great idea. He's like, I got nothing for you. He's like, he's like, I, I, he's like, I love that idea because we smuggle these in, and you know, I dealt with this sin, I dealt with this sin, and it's and, and it's this covert, sneaky Pete stuff that kind of that is running in the background of our mind. So I don't know. I might do a good job at this. I might do a terrible job at this. But it's a good. You got to admit, it's a good idea. <laughs> 
So if we get to the end and he's like, man, you guys might be like, pastor had a great idea. It's poor delivery, but it has a great idea. And it might, even if nothing, even if I totally flop this whole series, you can be like, there's ideas floating around in my mind that are, that are covert. They're sneaky. And we're going to identify some of them. And so the Holy Spirit will do a lot better job than I'm doing, but we're going to tackle one today. So we're going to look at a, a pattern of the world. This is a pattern of the world. It's not a biblical pattern. This is a worldly pattern. You'll recognize this and you'll be like, oh yeah, that's how the world is. What I feel equals what is true. That's a world pattern. And you're like, oh yeah, I could tell you all kinds of stories of someone who's offended and so this is true or they feel this way so this is true. We're, we're really quick to point out there. But who's this verse written to? Romans 12, 2 is not written to out there. Come on. It's written to us. And so sometimes, I'm just going to throw this out as a possibility. Maybe, just may, maybe, just maybe some of you have had emotions that have risen to the surface and you've taken that as gospel truth. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe there's nobody in here that's ever done that. But you've felt hopeless, and so you felt, you're going to say, my situation is hopeless. You felt fearful, and so you're like, this can't, this, this bad thing is going to happen. We equate what we're feeling to truth. We don't do that consciously. That's all stirred in the background. Are we good? Do you think there might be some truth in that? I think there is. So we got to, most of our quotes today are from uh, Julie Winter. When we did our anxiety series, uh, she's a, a PhD uh, nurse and has transitioned to a lot of mental health stuff. She wrote a book really kind of as a, like, she's like, I've seen so much success with the, the hundreds and if not thousands of patients that she's worked with. She's like, I just want to put this into your hands. And so we did, a, we, we read a bunch of her quotes. A couple of these will be reruns. Uh, but maybe you weren't here for that, so that'd be all right for you. Uh, so most of these are from Julie Winter, and uh, it's from her book, Renew, uh, Transforming the Way You Think to Transform Your Life, or something like that. But Renew is the, the kind of the main title of it. She says this. She says, psychological causes of anxiety and depression are related to, and that's what her book is more geared towards. We're talking about feeling in general here. But they're related to the thinking patterns. Psychological causes of anxiety and depression are related to thinking patterns and what we believe to be true about ourselves, others, and God. These thought patterns go back to very early childhood and can be heavily influenced by how we were raised. Now, we're not going to get in the weeds with this, and, and, but I just, we're just going to just point it out. Next slide says, were the adults in our life trustworthy, reliable, were they loving, or were they cruel? Are they, were they abusive and distant or just plain absent? Perhaps we struggled in school, which made us feel stupid, or perhaps we felt unattractive. So she's kind of laying all this groundwork, and she goes on for chapters with this. And we're, we're just kind of setting the stage. And it's all we're doing. We want to get to this line right here. Children perceive feelings as truth. Come on, church. Children, when they feel something, to them, that's true. Does that make sense? Anyone ever known a child? <laughs> Anyone ever been a child? Okay. How did you get here? Okay, good. Children perceive feelings as truth. And these early thought patterns can become entrenched even when we, quote, know they aren't true as we become adults. All right. Anybody ever seen anything like this before? 
I don't know. You're all trying to think, like, what, is it, what does this have to do with, I don't quite get, boy, pastor's really creative with this. What is he, what kind of analogy? Here's what I'm saying. Has anyone ever seen that set up at three in the morning when you get up to pee? And it just scares the bejeebers out of you because it's in the dark and you swear there's someone sitting there? Come on, anyone ever done that? You're like, whoa, there's a person in the room, right? We perceive that, and so, we, so what happens in our bodies? All of a sudden, there's all, all of this adrenaline and cortisol and reactionary things going on, and then we bring some light into the situation, and we find out, oh, I just didn't put my clothes away yesterday, which should scare us as well, but for a different reason. <laughs> Julie says, subconscious thoughts can generate feelings. I'm going to read that again. Subconscious thoughts can generate feelings of worry, fear, anger, sadness, etc. This is where feelings come in handy because they're telling us about our thoughts. The trick is not to get lost in the feelings and accept them as the truth. So here's the tension between that. We'll hit on this just a little bit more, but um, these feelings are telling us what's going on in our mind, but, but the trick is to not go, oh, I've got these feelings. Oh, this must really be true. That's where we get into trouble. The trick is not to get lost in the feelings and accept them as truth. Instead, examine the thoughts and actively replace the lies with truth. Ephesians 4.20 says this, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you've heard about Jesus and you've learned the truth, say truth. Truth. Say it again, truth. truth. You've learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, instead, here's the, here's the alternative. Instead, throw off your old way of living and thinking and feeling and being because it's sinful. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts. You want to be transformed This isn't Romans 12. This is Ephesians 4. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on a new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. There's power. We love this when we're sitting in church. We're like, yes. And then we leave, and the 95% takes over, and we just keep doing what we've always done. We've got to be aware, and we've got to be washing our mind with the Word of God and letting it, and, and just really praying, God, help me, help me to see where I'm thinking, that I don't even realize that I'm thinking these thoughts. That's why last week was just like becoming aware. All right, now, now let's, let's see if we can identify some of these ugly things. Oh, I just I felt, felt that was true. I, guys, I've done this this week. Like, I've done this this week, these these feelings come up in you and you're like, oh, this is hopeless or oh, this is all going to crash or oh, this is horrible or oh, they don't, they think this about me or whatever. And you're like, hope, put on the brakes. What am I just thinking right now? Ah, well, I don't know that that's true. That's actually, I think that one, that thought is actually really false. And you just stop that. We'll talk about more of that in just a second here, but, um, HealthyChristianHome.com says, uh, if you have no basis for what truth is, your entire life will be spent making decisions based on feelings. We've got to, got to, got to, got to, got to get in the Word of God, and we've got to let the Word of God get in us and challenge the way we think. We're really good, guys, especially in America. Christian Americans, American Christians, Christians, we're really good at overlaying our thoughts onto scripture and squeezing scripture in like I told someone this the other day and they're like say that again I don't know what you mean I said 
you need to read the word of God until the word of God reads you. And they're like, okay, say that again. I'm like, read the word of God until you let the word of God read you. And so we just talked through that, what that actually means, and gave some examples. And they're like, oh, the word is reading. It's convicting me of this. It's convincing me of this. It's encouraging me of this. And it's challenging me of that. I'm like, exactly. We like to read the word of God. And we kind of squeeze it into what we're thinking. And we justify our thoughts and our actions and our feelings. Yep, see, I knew that the Lord hated the wicked. I hate them too. I hate them, guys. Right? And it, we, it's really good for us to overlay our faulty thinking on top of the revealed word of God. And so we've got to approach it like with maybe sometimes a little more uh, realism and honor and reverence. And like, okay, Holy Spirit, I, I know I want to, I'm, 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 I'm pretty tricky. Holy Spirit, I'm pretty tricky. Help me to see what you're really trying to say to me in this. Does that make sense? You guys know what that is? Well, just pretend there's not even a PSI on the bottom. It could be a, it's a gauge, right? And it tells you what's going on in some system or thing that you can't see, right? There's another way to know if you didn't have this gauge. It would be when the thing blows up and takes half of your head off with it, right? We, we'd like to know when, when we hit 10 and 11 and 12 before that we get to 16 and 18 because kaboom, right? Or whatever it is, the temperature gauge on your car, the gas gauge on your car, right? We, we uh, said when Stephen and Trisha went on their vacation this summer, the gas gauge wasn't working and, and it showed that they had lots of gas. And we found out that reality is not always descriptive of what the gauge is saying. <laughs> but, but our feelings, look at this, Julie Winter says this again, our feelings are a reliable indicator of our thoughts. Think of them, because you don't always recognize the, the tape that's playing in the background. That's harder to recognize. We drown that out. It's, it's, a lot of it's unconscious, but we do recognize our feelings. So instead of taking these feelings as gospel truth, she says, think of them as the fruit of a particular tree or the temperature gauge of a system. Feelings tell you if something is off. It does not tell you what's accurate. It tells you what's wrong. When you control your thoughts, your feelings and actions will follow suit. If I'm feeling anxious or fearful, I better take a good look at the thought patterns that are causing those emotions. She says this, let me point out that attempting to control your feelings directly is ineffective. Anyone ever tried to stop being scared or stop being angry or stop, like, <clears throat> it doesn't work, right? And so she said, uh, you, you, can't, you can't just tell yourself to stop feeling a certain way. You have to change the thoughts that produce the feelings. That's why Paul did not say, take every feeling captive. Whoa, come on. And she said, it's important to remember that feelings of anxiety, wait a minute. Yeah, I guess that's kind of a repeat. Although we cannot take our feelings captive, we're commanded to take every thought captive. Where's that verse at? It's in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 through 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power. You've got supernatural power in you to wrangle those thoughts. It says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. I want to tell you, uh, we talked about this, I think it was last Wednesday night or two Wednesday nights ago. Uh, one of the maybe coolest physiological things that I've learned in the last couple of years probably in the last year, uh, and it's really helped me out a lot, and it's this. 20 minutes to freedom, okay? I'll explain what that means, and I'll give you an example. Um, Julie says that every pathway your thoughts travel 
has a corresponding chemical response. Right? You've got adrenaline and cortisol and you've got uh, uh, dopamine and oxytocin or however you say that one. And those are being produced. Your body is responding to what your mind is doing. And we're so good at feeling and we're so bad at guarding our thoughts. We're really good at responding to what I feel right now. I'm really bad at looking at what caused that feeling because we don't connect the two. We're like, Life happened, I feel this way, let's take care of this. And we're like, hold on, hold on. Something happened between life and your feelers, your head. That's what happened. We've got to look here if we want this to get better. And so she says, each and every thought you have uh, releases chemicals, some of which can be healthy and others harmful. She goes on to say this. Although real and valuable, emotions don't necessarily reflect the truth. Feelings are difficult to control, until the thoughts behind the emotions change, and this can take time. Sometimes it takes a minute or two for your feelings to come in line with your thoughts, but in a panic attack, it can take substantially longer. This, listen to this line. This delay between thoughts and feelings is where people get lost. And when we were doing our anxiety series, uh, I think it was Steve Cuss or someone we were quoting quite a bit, he, he talked about this. And his analogy was uh, the chemicals draining out of your body. So here's what we do. We learn about our thinking. We learn about Romans 12 too. And we're like, okay, all right. I learned that feelings can't necessarily be trusted. They're an indicator that something's going on. And I'll, I'll watch my mind. I mean, what am I thinking about? What's really going on? What am, I, what am I processing through right now? And if I'm honest, I'll be like, whoa, that doesn't line up with the word of God. I don't think that's really truth. Let's start to change that. And so then you make a decision. I'm going to think better, right? I'm going to think better. I'm going to think better. I'm going to think differently about this situation. And you make this just faith-filled proclamation. You decide that you're whatever the situation is. You can feel, you know, someone stole your cheese or whatever. You're going you're gonna to figure out how I'm going to think differently differently. I'm going to, no, I'm going to be generous. You know, that's okay that they stole my cheese. I'm going to be generous because God calls me to be generous. So, so Dave, that's what I'm going to do. It's okay. Like I wish they wouldn't have stole my cheese, but that's okay. I'm, I'm Lord, I'm forgiving. And even more than that, I'm giving. In fact, if they want more cheese, I'll go, I'll go get a, to the store and get them more cheese. Yeah. Great. Then there's about 20 minutes between that proclamation and the actual physiological chemicals getting out of your body that's where the Jesus gets lost, <laughs> right? And about eight minutes later, you're like, ooh, I'm not feeling generous. I'm not feeling very forgiving, right? And a lot of things get said and done in that 20 minutes, husbands and wives. <laughs> Parents, coworkers, human beings that are alive and met another human being at any time in your life, right? It's not always that we don't arrest it. It's that we forget that you are body, soul, and spirit, okay? You've got a body. You've got a physio. Your brain is a, is a, a chunk of, of stuff that is cranking out. Like, like your spirit is telling your brain what's going on, but your brain is actually, okay, this chemical, pull the lever, and that stuff gets dumped into your system, but now you've made a good decision. I'm going to not think that way. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to bless. And you've got 12 to 25 minutes where it's draining out of you. I had one of those the other day. And I left church. And I was, I mean, I was level 10, man. I was fired up. I don't even, I didn't, it's, here's how you know this stuff is dumb. I don't even remember what it was about. But I'm dialed up, man. And I was going to pick up Callie from school. And I remember driving around. 
and I was coming in, and I remember just, I'm like, I, I, I was driving out, and I went out of the parking lot, and I'm like, praise God. What a great opportunity for me to learn this and do this. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me this tribulation to, you know, and I was good, and I meant it, and it was true. By the time I got to Westside, boy, the bottom's falling out of this thing. <laughs> and I remembered what, I think it was Steve Cuss when we did all that stuff on anxiety. I think it was him that talked about the stuff draining out. And I got this mental image when he, you know, six months ago, a year ago, whatever, when we ever did that series. And I just thought like the color draining out of you. I, I think of that anxiety draining out of you or, or that anger or whatever it is. And I just stopped the car. I hadn't I haven't even gotten in line yet. I'm like, okay. We're draining. <laughs> We're draining. All right. I'm going to give this a little bit before I think about anything else anymore. I'm just going to stop right now. We're going to put freeze on this, and uh, we're good. And I didn't feel good, and I didn't look good, and I didn't sound good. But I shut my mouth, and I stayed in the car, and I drove up, and we picked her up. And by the time I got back here, it was probably about 15 minutes or 18 minutes. I was feeling good. I'm like, And that was the end of it. Had I done something in response to all that emotion and all those thoughts, that, that there was some legitimate facts that were true, but what I was feeling was just a response to some bad thinking. And then I made a good decision, but then there's this gap. A lot of you guys are falling in the gap. <laughs> we, we've, you're good, like the Spirit prompts you to make a decision to forgive or love or what, whatever it is, but all of this adrenaline, all this... Uh, you know, cortisol is in you yet, and you're, you're all churned up yet. Anyone ever felt all churned up? <sighs> when you make a quality decision according to the Word of God, just set your watch. Just, Honey, I'm not doing or saying anything for 20 minutes. I promise you, your spiritual growth will level up by two levels by just setting your watch and giving yourself 20 minutes. I just mark my words. Watch at how many dumb things you don't say because God bought you a stopwatch, <laughs> right? You got a you got a phone like all you iPhone users. You got great stopwatches on there, right? Just use them, right? Okay. It's something that you know. I'm I, I, so last year I would have been 52. Like it, it took me 52 years to learn that. And I think uh, I think of the carnage that I caused in my life and for others, even when I'm trying to love Jesus. Okay, God, I forgive him. I hate him. Nope, I forgive him. Oh, I want to beat him up. Nope, I forgive him. And you do good for about four minutes. And I didn't know about that little lag between just physiological things, the way we're built. I didn't know you needed to give this stuff some time. You know, let the coffee drain through. Come just get it. Shh, just let, just hold on. But here's the deal. Here's the, here's the kicker. Here's the deal. If you think about that stuff again, you restart the clock. His, in that 20 minutes, you can't be rehearsing what a turd they are. Shh, shut your mind up. Like, think about something else. You know, sing Christmas songs. I don't know, whatever. Do something to occupy your mind because if you start thinking about how terrible they are again, you restart it. Your brain's like, oh, we're going again. Pull, you know, dump in the adrenaline and cortisol. Here we go. And you're like, oh, wait, no, no, no. I got, oh, I got seven minutes left. No, now you got 20 minutes left again because you just, you let those thoughts reinitiate that process. Is this helpful at all? Man, Jesus, you're going to look so much more like, everyone's going to be, in two weeks from now, they're going to be like, you look like Jesus. How did you do that? And you pull out your little Holy, Holy Ghost stopwatch. <laughs> right here, man. <laughs> Guys, I, I'm being funny, but this is just a tool. It's a psychological tool that, that is real. It's how we're wired. It's how we work. 
Okay, moving on. So let's fix this. What are we, what are we gonna do about this? Julie says this. When you let your thoughts run rampant and your feelings are full blown, no one's ever been there but the pastor probably. Okay, yeah, you guys are all, you're not like that. Okay. You have to work harder to get your thoughts lined up. But if you catch the thought in its earliest form before it's had a chance to wreak havoc on your emotions, you know, the easier, the earlier you catch it, the easier it is to think about the truth. Listen to this. Sometimes you must use your spirit, your spirit, to tell your brain what to think repeatedly. The more frequent you practice this discipline, the easier it becomes and the quicker your feelings line up with your thoughts. Let me give you a visual here. Here's how most of us live, right? We've got this great big soul. I'm full of emotions and thoughts, right? And I'm just living it. I'm a big soul and you're a big soul and wouldn't you like to be a big soul too? And then right underneath that is a little bit smaller body, but body gets to do what it wants. It's, it's hurting, but my soul is like, nope, I feel like going to work today. So come on, body. I don't care if you hurt or whatever. We're going to keep wearing my soul. I'm a soul. Ooh, I feel this, and I feel that, and I feel that. I feel this about George, and I feel that about Josh, I feel that about Matt. Yep, oh, I feel all kinds of things. And I think all kinds of thoughts, right? And my soul is just in charge. But, you know, my body's right underneath that, and it's reacting. It's, it's everything we've talked about up to this point. It's getting dumped in endorphins, and then it's getting dumped in cortisol, and it's getting dumped in adrenaline. And then right down at the very bottom is your spirit. <laughs> your spirit's going, hey, this isn't the best way to live. And you're like, hey, that's all right, but I feel like this today, okay? <laughs> feel like reading the word, okay, oh, that's really good. And your spirit's like, I agree with that. And you're like, oh, I don't like that part. Well, I don't feel like praying today, <laughs> right? I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel, you feel, I feel, I feel, we feel, right? And we're just these crazy thinking feelers. And our body responds to that because it's supposed to. And so we've got all of this garbage going on in our body because our soul is like the Grinch. Our soul is 10 times too big instead of the other way around, right? Our soul is much too much. Instead, this is how God intended us to walk. Come on. Our spirit communes with the Holy Spirit. We hear God, right? Has anyone ever said, you know, I just told myself, what, if, if you're only, if this naturalistic thinking, if you're only just your brain, who's telling who what? <laughs> your spirit has the ability to tell your soul. David said it in the Psalms. I, I had to cut a lot of slides out of this. I'm like, oh, it's too much. But we could go to David saying, you know, be still, my soul. Rejoice, my soul. You know, like, like, come on, you got this. So your spirit, but it, you got to be feeding it the word of God. Your your spirit is what's meant to be in charge. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body, and so your soul is meant to then respond. Your soul is a good responder. Your emotions will come in line. They really will. We just, you know, we just don't love any, each other anymore. We're just, we're just going to probably call it quits. I don't really care what you feel like because you didn't make a commitment on feeling. So let's engage with the Word of God. Let's do what we did. We, we do lots of pre-marriage counseling. We really have lots of fun with that. And, uh, we, and we always share the stories. Let's, let's do what we did when we first were doing the things. And all of a sudden, a month later, you're like, we just fell in love again. Because your spirit's making right choices. I'm going to serve. I'm going to love. I'm going to be a servant. I'm going I'm to walk in humility. And you do those things. But I don't feel like doing those things. doesn't really matter. 
you make the right decisions, make the right choices. All of a sudden, your thinking starts changing. Your soul starts lining up with what you're supposed to be doing. All of a sudden, these emotions start responding. They're all like, hey, wild bunch, come on. Spirit's saying that we're supposed to be loving like this. And they do. They do. They, they're meant to be spices, right? They're meant to flavor the dish. They're not meant to be the main dish. And 99.9% .9 of Americans, our soul is like, ooh, this is what we're having for lunch. It's just meant to be seasoning. It's meant to... Meant to to add to what your spirit is doing. And then your body will respond to that. It will respond in health. It will respond in, in right feeling and right doing. All right, we're coming, coming towards the end here. Julie says, uh, it's important to set your mind on the truth, God's word, and take your thoughts captive regardless of your feelings. Your feelings will eventually come into line with your thoughts. She says this, take one scripture that you know in your head to be true and camp on it. Meditate on it. Speak it out loud. Let the feelings of that truth that your spirit understands penetrate your mind and change how you think. Repeat this process over and over again and it'll change you. The truth of scripture becomes your new reality, not your circumstances. Not your circumstances, not your feelings, not what this is telling you about reality. Get in the word of God and see what God is saying about reality. Get yourself lined up with that. Well, I don't feel like that's true. I don't care. Like we all, the feelings will change at the drop of a hat, right? But get your spirit lined up with God's word. That's why we have to be in the word, church. You've got to be in the word. You can't trust what you feel is right or what you think is wrong. Like get in the Word of God and let your spirit commune with the Word of God and let the Holy Spirit teach you and then you get your own soul lined up. David says this, Psalm 42, my soul is downcast. I feel bad. Therefore, I will I'll change my thinking. I'll remember you. Right? I feel this way, so I'm going to do something with my mind. Do you, do you get this? This is in Scripture. It's all over in Scripture. I feel this way... Therefore, I'll think differently. I'll remember God. Because my soul is downcast, we spend so much, listen, we're just about done. We've got two slides left. We spend so much time on emotion management when it should be spiritual management. Let's get what the word, what's the word of God saying? And you're like, we try to change the way we feel about things. The feelings will line up. Do the right thing, think the right thing, believe the right thing according to the word of God, and, and do that repeatedly. It's not a one and done. It's a 1,000 and not done, <laughs> right? It's over and over and over again. And your feelings will come along because they're good followers. They're poor leaders. Your feelings are poor leaders. They will lead you into disaster every single time. They're poor leaders, but they're good followers. And they're, they're of God. You just need to get them in the right order. Dallas Willard, he's, one of, he's like the guru of, of spiritual formation. He said this, we want to obey Jesus and we know that we cannot do this by just trying to do what he said, okay? Anyone ever tried to do your Christianity like that? I'm going to try harder to be more Christian. <laughs> that lasts about a week. We understand that we're broken. Not only wrong, but wrung, twisted, with parts that don't connect up right. We realize that our feelings embedded in our body and its social context are running and ruining our life and producing godless and destructive actions under the direction of false ideas and images and messed up patterns of thinking. That's Dallas Willard. I mean, he's got big, thick books that are hard for me to read. And he talks about being, becoming like Jesus. That's, that's what he writes on, is being transformed into the image of Christ. That's, we get stuck. We think wrong things. Last one, Bill Winston. We quoted him last time a couple times. 
You make choices every moment of every day that either bring your thinking into line with God's word and therefore God's thinking or bring your thinking into conformity with the devil, the world, and your flesh. You determine whether or not you will be like Jesus by what you choose to think about. Wow. Wow, wow. And so it's really easy to look at the world and say, yep, boy, they, they think everything they feel is true. And oh, gosh. And guess what? You're sitting in the same seat as someone that thinks that. That's you. <laughs> we all do that. It creeps in. We're done. But I just, just want to just challenge you as you're going through this next week. If you haven't done any of the journaling of, of, of what kind of rascal thoughts are in my head, when you, when you get into a, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I shouldn't have lost my temper. Oh, why did I say that to her? I, I don't even know where that came from. We know where it came from. It came from that... 95% that's spinning in the background. What, what thought do I need to arrest and bring it captive to the word of God? What do I need to meditate on from the word of God that's going to change that pattern of thinking? So be aware. And then our, our homework for this week is my feelings are not truth. They're not truth. They're not truth. They're not truth. They're not evil. They're just misaligned. They're not evil. They're God-ordained, but they're not meant to be in charge. They're just in the, remember, Callie, my spot. <laughs> Your feelings are want to take the boss spot. They're not, that's not meant to be the boss spot. They're meant to be the helper spot. Amen? Amen. God, I just thank you for this group of people who wants to grow, who wants to be like Jesus. And I just pray that you'd help us to, uh, Lord, some of us, uh, we're just wired up, uh, just fiery from the get-go, and help us to just, not just manage emotions, but help us to manage our thought life. Help us to have the word of God so implanted in our spirit and in our minds that it transforms how we think, how we act, and how we react. And Lord, we just pray that your presence fills our life, that you keep transforming us. Pray for just revelations all across this place that this week, that you just show us areas that we're thinking uh, wrongly. We're thinking in ways that are out of alignment with the Word of God. Help us to find the right scripture to correct that and to meditate on that and to be transformed in Jesus' name. Everyone said... Amen.